If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad, don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was, just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours, I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. It's time for me to do my favorite thing in the world. And it's time for me to give advice, which is like my second favorite thing in the world. And we're going to watch a guy ride an ostrich. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. We all love certain things. That's how we're made. It's who we are, right? You probably love your family, wife, kids, parents, sister, brother. Maybe you have a dog you love. You love something and you hate certain things. I have my own loves. While your loves are reserved for things like your family, God, 
sports teams, whatever it may be, I love being right. I take a lot of pleasure in being right. And it's because I'm such a bad person, whenever I'm right, I make sure I tell you about how right I am. Look at the name of the show. There's a reason. It's because I'm obnoxious and arrogant, and whenever I nail something, I brag about it endlessly, like a good person does, and whenever I miss something, I just never bring it up again and hope you forgot. That's called being a journalist. Learn about it. Now, I remember, well, last night, two nights ago, two nights ago, I sat right here, looked at you in the eye, and I had this to say. When there's a new one of these breaking, and there will be probably, let's see, it's Tuesday, probably by the end of this week, if not definitely sometime next week. Mark my words. Mr. Producer, record this. Make sure this is recording, because I'm going to ask for this again when I turn out to be right. By the end of this week, if not next week, there will be another Trump bombshell scandal coming out. There will be. It's a fact. They already have it planned. They already know what it is. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. How do I do this? Well, you're occupied by things like emotions and being a good human being. When I don't have any of those concerns, it allows me to look at politics cynically and see the game before the game comes my way. And what do we have now? We have this Bob Woodward. He sits down with President Trump for, I believe, 18 hours. Now, we need to pause here for a moment. I love how Donald Trump handles the media. I like that the GOP seems to be learning from Donald Trump on how to handle the media. That being said, even the great ones make mistakes. Why is Donald Trump sitting down with enemy journalist Bob Woodward for 18 hours? Recorded. In what universe did anybody think that was a good idea? If it's Trump himself who decided that, he needs to have a long talk with himself. If it's anyone else, they should be fired immediately. I don't care if it's family members. What kind of an idiot do you have to be to think sitting down with Bob Woodward for 18 hours recorded is intelligent? The media is not just the enemy of the Republican Party. The media and the Democratic Party are the same thing. That's why I call it the Democratic Media Alliance. Would you, as Donald Trump, walk into the headquarters of the Democratic National Party and, and head on up to a room and allow them to film you for 18 hours while they asked you questions? No, you wouldn't, because everyone would look at you and say, are you insane? They're just going to take random things from that, and they're going to use it as a gotcha. Well, then if you wouldn't do it in the Democratic headquarters, then why are you doing it with Bob Woodward? What in the world is going through your mind? We have got to be smarter than that. We're not dealing with journalism. We are dealing with an activist insurgency aimed at destroying everything that is Republican and propping up everything that is Democrat. Knowing that, you don't sit down with them for a recorded interview for 18 hours. We need to do better. Come on now. Now, sorry about that. In the interview, Trump talked about playing down 
the coronavirus. He knew it was dangerous. He was going to play it down. That's the scandal. It's really not a scandal. This is going to be forgotten in two or three days. Nobody cares. But since it's the scandal of the day, we're going to address it here on the show. That's not a scandal. That's called leadership. Here's what Trump had to say about it. If you look at what I said today, I said, don't panic. We don't want to be jumping up and down and going wild. Don't panic. I'm a cheerleader for this country, and I don't want to see panic. What I want to show is I want to show a calmness. I'm the leader of the country. I can't be jumping up and down and scaring people. I don't want to scare people. I want people not to panic. And that's exactly what I did. All of that is 100% right. And I don't know how this happened. I don't know whether this is our government commie school system. I don't know whether it's just because we're a way overly feminized society now. But there are a lot of people in this country who seem to think over-the-top emotions and panic and fear, they genuinely think that's leadership. And if you're not doing it, they're mad at you about it. I experienced it all over the place when coronavirus first started and I was telling everybody, calm down. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't lock down the economy. What are, whoa, what are we doing here? There's way too much. Everybody calm down. I was getting screamed at. What are you talking about? People are going to die. That's not leadership. There aren't two different ways to look at that. Leaders during hard times calm people down. Why? Because calm is contagious. Fear and panic are also contagious. Leaders must show calm as the Titanic is easing underneath the waves. You still sit there and stay calm. That's leadership. Trump was right. I saw these tapes or heard these tapes or what was on them, I should say. And I thought, oh, good. I'm glad he played it down. We don't need a hysterical child up there telling everybody they're all going to die. We have the media for that. Even Fauci's defending him. I didn't get any sense that he was distorting anything. I mean, in my discussions with him, they were always straightforward about the the concerns that we had. We related that to him. And uh, when he would go out and I'd hear him discussing the same sort of things, he would often say, we just got through with a briefing with the the group from the task force and would talk about it. So no, it may have happened, but I, I, I have not seen that kind of distortion. Okay. When did we prioritize that? And look, let's remember back to the beginning of the coronavirus stuff. Trump was wrong in all that. I wish he'd been calmer. A lot of these lockdowns, the Democrats continued long after they were necessary intentionally to destroy their economies. Trump was leading the way on a lot of that. And now the only damaging thing I can see coming out of this bombshell will be the Trump defense of it. You watch. Trump or Pence will sit up there and they'll say something like, well, no, we we did all kinds of stuff. We shut the economy down. You just watch. It's happening. You watch. It's going to happen. Joe Biden, of course, because it's the Democrat Media Alliance, and remember what I told you on Tuesday, they work together. They're the same entity, and they send talking points back and forth. We know that. We've had leaks of them in the past. The candidate or the party will come up with this and they'll send out the talking points to the press. 
and it goes the other way too. The media comes up with something, they send out talking points to the candidate. So of course, about 35 seconds after the Woodward story broke, Joe Biden's out there lying through his teeth about what Donald Trump said and about what Joe Biden's original position was. But here was Joe Biden's original position. Barack and I, uh, when we were as president and vice president, uh, we took on the virus that was threatening all of Africa and, uh, and the rest of the world. And we set up a mechanism that, uh, that worked. But I want to take a moment to say it's not a time to panic about coronavirus, but coronavirus is a serious public health challenge. Not a time to panic. Let me tell you something as far as life goes. It's never time to panic. Never in the history of mankind has a story gone, something bad was happening, and then I panicked, and that worked everything out. It is never the time to panic, ever. And remember this little gem from Biden here. U.S. COVID-infected military, uh, excuse me, U.S. COVID-infected in America, 6,344,700. U.S. COVID deaths, 189,506. Military COVID infected, 118,984. Military COVID deaths, 6,114. This guy cannot be president of the United States. He, He can't. He can't handle the job. Now, don't get me wrong. Think how entertaining that would be for you and I. I mean, yes, the country would totally burn, but it would be entertaining. Think of the material I would get to play for you night after night on this show as the president gives multiple speaking engagements a day. There's no more hiding in the basement. You're out there every day. So it'd be entertaining, but for the sake of the country, You can't have that guy as commander-in-chief. He can't do the job. He can no longer physically do the job, and that's okay. I'm going to get old one day, too, and I'm not going to be able to do certain things. I won't even be able to come on TV here and entertain the masses like I do now. That's life, but it's okay. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, home title lock. This is something that should make you uncomfortable. The Federal Bureau of Investigation says cybercrime is up 75% since the COVID stuff. Everybody's home, putting out more information online. The cybercriminals are home, finding your information online. And if they find your home title, which is online, just like mine was, It's sitting there online. If they get a hold of it, they're going to forge your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and you're paying that loan back. If you don't, bye-bye home. You're evicted. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and register your address just to see if you're already a victim. While you're there, sign up. Use the code JESSE. You get 30 days of it free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, sign up, Use the code JESSE, get 30 free days of protection. We'll be back.
I'm going to do a little smorgasbord here. Is that how you say that word? Smorgasbord? I went to community college, so sometimes I don't do words, all right? It's not like I talk for a living. Anyway, we're going to bounce around on a couple different subjects. I do that sometimes. One, because I don't necessarily plan things out for the show. And two, I think I have a little ADD. I'm not ashamed of it. we got to bounce around a little. Now, one thing. You remember the Nancy Pelosi dust-up? Another thing I was right about, by the way. Nancy Pelosi, been telling people forever, stay home, stay safe, wear a mask, don't go out. Don't do this, don't do that. These are the things you're allowed to do. And then she gets busted on the security camera inside of a salon, which she's not allowed to do in San Francisco with no mask on, of course, getting herself taken care of. I mean, she's not one of the peasants. She's going to get her hair done. And you remember she came out and gave that press conference and she basically told the media, I was set up. Somebody set me up. I'm looking into it. Somebody screwed me over on purpose. I'm just a victim here. And I came on the radio or came on the TV and the radio, to be honest with you. I I talked to you about it on this show and I said, well, it's ugly. It's immoral what she just did, but it's 100% the smart move politically and the GOP should learn from it. Oh, you were caught red-handed? I didn't get, I wasn't caught, you were caught. Oh, what are you talking about, Congressman? We all saw you. I bet you've done it. Let's look into him. He's done it. It doesn't come off well. Seems kind of icky, but when you don't run, the media can't chase. When you just come right back at them, you give them nowhere else to go. And the story, just like I told you it would, was gone within 24 hours like that. That's because she didn't run. Gave it right back to him and walked away. We live in the nuclear news cycle, as I have named it. No big deal. And by that, I mean things are extra hot now when you get yourself into trouble. You know, I've been into trouble about a dozen times. I'm sure there will be about another hundred dozen times before this career ends. But when you get yourself into trouble... It's super, super hot because now there are 8 trillion different outlets, news news places, and individuals can reach you. Back in the day, let's say it's 1980 and you get yourself in some kind of political trouble. What are you going to get? Phone calls to to your office, sure. A fax or two, maybe. But for the most part, that's how people are going to contact you. There are one or two ways, and only so, many, only so many people even know those ways. And if they're going to call you, they've got to they've dig through a phone book. You remember a phone book? An actual real book with phone numbers in it. And find one for D.C. or you're off. You see what I mean? It's very difficult. That's 1980, not exactly ancient history. Fast forward to today. I screw something up, some major scandal, wrap my truck, truck around the tree on the way home, something, who knows, whatever. I'm sure I'll do something wrong. How many ways are there to get a hold of me? Well, endless at this point. I have my phone. You can call me on it. You can text me on it. You can email me on it. I have a computer you can email me on. I have social media accounts. You can at me on those and I'll hear those too. There are just 8,000 ways for people to come at you now when you get yourself into trouble. Way more than there's ever been before, which is where the nuclear part of the nuclear news cycle comes in. It burns at 10 billion degrees. It feels like you're going to die because it's endless. And not only that, 
because they can get a hold of you that way, your mother's seeing it. Your mother's on Facebook and texting you about it. Have you seen what they're saying? And your friends are saying, and it makes it worse, right? Different today. You have to adjust to it. But there is an advantage. It's gone just like that. Real, real, real hot, but then it's gone because people have such a short attention span today, they'll have moved on to a new scandal if you can just sit down and weather the storm for 12 hours, 24 hours. People want to know, why have I never apologized for anything? Part of it is because I'm not sorry at all. I'll just double down and stick it right back in your face. And the other part of it is, why would I be sorry? You're going to forget about it tomorrow anyway. That's how you handle things. That's how Pelosi handled things. But, and this is a big, big but, You don't have to be cold like me. We do have to remember there's a human cost to these things. There's a human cost to the way people play these political games. And the cost for that salon owner was high. I started to just get a ton of phone calls, text messages, emails, um, all my Yelp reviews, just all just, you know, saying that I'm, they hope I go wonder and that I fail. So um, just a lot of negativity um, towards my uh, business. So what does that mean for the business? Um, that means that I am actually done in San Francisco and closing my doors, unfortunately. That sucks. Have you ever run a small business or seen one run? Know somebody who ran one? How much do people grind and risk to get that going? That salon owner, because the Speaker of the House has an axe to grind, that salon owner just lost hers. That sucks. She matters too, doesn't she? Now, moving on from that, I do enjoy watching people trash Bill de Blasio, mayor of New York City, and this is why I enjoy it. Bill de Blasio, it's not just that he's a bad mayor. He's unquestionably that. I genuinely think he's an awful human being, an awful human being. He's destroyed his own police department. The New York City Police Department is the best police department in the world. De Blasio trashes him every chance he gets. That's why they're retiring. They're leaving. He's taken the wrong stance on every possible issue. And part of the reason I hate him is I love New York City. Maybe you don't. I adore the place. Before all this crap, I would have moved there in a heartbeat. Now I'm never moving to a place where I can't have guns. I don't trust any of these violent lefties at all. But I love the place. Have you ever been? It's a blast. The lights and the buildings and the restaurants and there's insane people everywhere and everyone's honking their horn and giving you the middle finger and yelling at you and it's awesome. It's awesome. I love it. Maybe in small servings, but I love it. And he ruined it. I saw it deteriorate over his term as I've been there a few times. It's gone downhill every time. And now it's completely ruined, and I'm mad at him about it. So when I saw this New York Democrat run maybe the shortest to-the-point ad I've ever seen in my life, I knew you had to see it, too. Bill de Blasio is the worst mayor in the history of New York City. That's it, guys. Seriously, that's the whole ad. (laughs) <laughs> that's brilliant I, th- I know that guy's a Democrat I actually think he's from New Jersey, not New York It doesn't matter, I'm donating Don't judge me, I'm donating, I support that That's greatness Now, 
Do you know what? Let's just leave it at Bill de Blasio for now. Now, you see what's happening out there with the markets, don't you? You see just the little burps here and there. How many financial experts have you heard on this show talking about the market, talking about what's coming, and they all talk about the storm that's gathering? You don't have to panic about it. You don't have to pull all your money out and go hide in the woods with it, but you do have to diversify so you don't lose everything you've worked hard for. All you need is a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. Check out what I'm talking about. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. Goldalliance.com slash jesse, and you can get thousands of dollars worth of gold and silver coins when you sign up. How cool is that? goldalliance.com slash jesse we'll be back joining me now congressman ken buck from colorado he has a new book out called capital freedom restoring american greatness congressman i have a feeling there's going to be quite an appetite for a book like that because even if the election goes the way a lot of people want it to go People have a really dark view of where we are as a country right now. How do we fix it? Well, we fix it by teaching our kids uh, American history. We teach it by appreciating and celebrating the greatness that is America. Uh, we teach it by putting uh, some uh, you know, historical thoughts in context, making sure people understand that while uh, there are historical figures that had flaws, uh, we still are the greatest country in the history of the world. We are the freest country in the history of the world. And we are the most prosperous country in the history of the world. And, and we should celebrate those things. While we disagree about policy, we should still be celebrating our greatness. Congressman, I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually my issue now. I understand people are going to disagree on certain policies on how we get here, how we get there. But it genuinely seems like Half the country, or at least one of the two major political parties, doesn't like this place. I don't know how we bridge that gap. And that was not the, even the party of Bill Clinton, the Democratic Party under Bill Clinton would never have been that way. It seems like the Democratic Party has gone that way. And I don't know how to fix that, that gap. Well, I think one of the problems is the, the, the responsible leaders, if there are such a thing in the Democrat Party, won't even criticize the far left for the riots and, and vandalism and looting and arson that's occurring. And when you can't even agree that the uh, anarchists, the Antifa mob, uh, the, the, the folks associated with Antifa are wrong and are really tearing down this country, we've, we've got a serious problem. And, and I put it on the left. I, I, I think it's absolutely an issue that the Democrat party has to address or they will feel the backlash in the election in November. I hope they do, and I certainly hope you're right, because this is what I can't understand. How can they not see they're promoting the violence? Every time you cover up for these people, every time you refuse to call these people out, that's why this violence has gotten worse and worse. It's not just the past few months. It's been four years of, of Trump voters having MAGA hats ripped off their head or spit on or assaulted. And this stuff is never, ever put down by people like Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, and, and one of the things I talk about in the book is the, uh, the, the the beautiful historical features that we have in the U.S. Capitol. We have them all over D.C. We have them all over the country. And we should be uh, recognizing those 
features and recognizing the constitutional principles that they stand for. And when Nancy Pelosi takes down four of uh, the uh, portraits of, of uh, former speakers because they, they sided with the Confederacy uh, years after uh, they were they were speaker, it says something about uh, the, the left and it says something about uh, where she wants to take this country. Do, do, do Republican speakers in the future take down the portraits of Democrats because they were pro-choice? Because they didn't like some other policy? Because they spent too much money on health care? What is it? that makes it okay to start canceling and denying history. I, I think it's it's a really dangerous uh, topic. And if parents don't get involved in their kids' education, if parents don't supplement their kids' education with uh, good American history, uh, we, we are lost because our education system isn't doing enough. I can't agree with you more. I think our education system is a big part of where we are, you know, why we are where we are right now. But I think a lot of parents they might agree with you, but don't know where to begin. Where are you if you're a parent? You're a parent. You're not Ken Buck. You're not me. You're a normal person, normal job. You come home. Your kid comes home from school. How do I begin to have that conversation and teach them real history? Am I showing them something? Which book am I reading them? What can I do? Well, you can start with my book. <laughs> a little, uh, a little promotion there. But yeah, uh, you've got to, you've got to find books. The parents should be reading books about American history and making sure that their kids are reading books. But Capital of Freedom talks about uh, each chapter talks about one of the concepts in, in American history that has made this country great. Whether it's separation of, of powers or federalism or uh, the Second Amendment or religious freedom, uh, all of them are covered. And it's so important that parents uh, continue to uh, work with their children. Parents should be reading the book. The kids should be reading the book. There should be a conversation at the dinner table about American history and why it's so important to recognize history. I don't like it when Republicans cave on things like this, Congressman. When you brought up the Confederate thing, that bothered me to no end. If, if people want to have conversations about renaming a military base, that's fine. But we're not going to have that conversation when you're holding a gun to my head and threatening to burn down bills, businesses and such. And it seemed like there were a lot of Republicans trying to cave on that, trying to pass a bill here and pass a bill there. That's just like chum in the water for sharks when you give these leftists that kind of stuff. Yeah, and, and the left is so good at making sure that they, uh, they, their, their actions, they are not held accountable for their actions. And, and I think that we need to make sure that uh, when Nancy Pelosi is thrown out of office in November, when we swear at a new Congress in January, we put those portraits back up and we have a discussion about what, what is appropriate, what's inappropriate in terms of uh, uh, how we treat our history. We have two statutes from every state in, our, uh, in the U.S. Capitol. The state legislatures choose those statutes. There's, there's not a veto power of the speaker or anyone else to take those uh, statues out. And, and it's so important that we recognize the role of the speaker. The speaker's role is to run the house. It's not to decorate. It's not to, uh, you know, she can wear a mask in her uh, hair salon or not. She can't take down history in the United States Capitol. I don't like the amount of spending we've seen, and there's been a lot with this coronavirus stuff. Is the debt just something we we're never going to be able to really address seriously? Because it always seems like if you even mention reducing the amount of increased spending the next year, there's an absolute outrage and they treat you as if you're some murderer. Is that something we're just never going to address it until the bubble bursts and we're all destitute here? 
you know, I thought when I was running in, in 2010 that we were going to address it. I really believed in my heart that, that our deficit, our national debt, uh, was an issue that the American people were ready to uh, address. I, I think we have gone so far overboard right now, and it's not just the debt itself. We're we're approaching $30 trillion of debt with all the COVID spending that we've got right now. It's not just that debt, it's the, un, the unfunded liabilities that we're really looking at. When you create a healthcare system and you create uh, an entitlement system, uh, you are creating expectations with the American people that they are going to be taken care of from cradle to grave. And when you create that system and you try to pull back on the spending, uh, you end up with a, a, a major sh a tectonic shift in, in terms of uh, public policy. And, and that's where we're headed right now is the American people expect the federal government to solve every problem and to spend whatever amount of money it takes to solve the problem. How do we take it back? How do we take back this thing of patriotism that we seem to have lost? People sneer at it now. People laugh at it now. They lie, they're talking, they dump on the flag every chance they get. How do we get that back, a real appreciation for how blessed we are to live here? I tell you what I think. I think in November, you're going to see a whole lot of Americans who are living in suburbs, who are looking at what's happening in the cities, and, and they are saying to themselves, I don't want that to go into the suburbs, or I don't want my spouse to drive into the city to work and, and have to face that kind of nonsense. And I think people are going to vote. I don't think they're showing up in the polls right now. I don't think they're, they're, they're certainly not showing up in the streets right now. But they will vote, and they will vote uh, to reelect President Trump. They will vote to uh, keep the uh, Senate in Republican hands, and I believe they will flip the House to Republican hands, and we will see uh, at least two years of good policy, hopefully fiscally sound policy, uh, that, that moves this country in the right direction. Congressman Ken Buck, plug your book one more time. Where can people get it, sir? It's Capital of Freedom. They can get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Go online and, and buy a book. Thank you, sir. Please keep fighting the good fight back there. Thank you. Now, having a Vault Pro safe, whether it be a walk-in vault, storm shelter, gun safe, vault door, whatever you have, it's not just about guns. And I'm not criticizing you if you're putting guns in there. Lord knows I have enough in mine. But it's about more than that. Look around your house right now. How many things in that house can you not replace if your house burns down? What have you seen on television all over the place? Fires. Get your precious, unreplaceable things in a Vault Pro safe now. Plus, it's veteran-owned, lifetime warranties, and maybe the best part, made in America. And they still have Labor Day sales going on. As we speak, there are still Labor Day sales. I'm saving you piles of money. Go to vaultprousa.com. Check out what they have, and do not forget to use the promo code JESSE because you're going to save a stack of cash. VaultProUSA.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Joining me now, one of my favorites is becoming a regular on the show, Joseph Pinion III. He's a political strategist, in my opinion, who should be working at the RNC. Joseph, why aren't you working at the RNC? You know, I, I found that sometimes the truth tellers get pushed to the side. So uh, that <laughs> that might have something to do with it. But, you know, I think I can have an equally important impact right here hanging out with you, my friend. New York, 
I love New York City. I make no bones about it. I know it's it's trendy for everybody not in New York City to dump on the place. I think it's an absolute blast. I've always loved it my entire life. What happened? Is it just a de Blasio problem? Because I've seen it. I, I'll tell you, I've had to visit there once every six months or so for a while, and it's just going this way quickly. Why? Well, look, I think it starts with lessons not learned in youth. And so you have an entire generation of people who didn't learn what I learned at a very young age, which is that just because somebody is not charging you for the lunch doesn't mean that it's actually free. Uh, you know, the same people who are talking about labor um, should be rewarded don't seem to understand that there is labor that goes into their free college, there is labor that goes into their free housing, um, and that when you don't pay for that labor and when you don't pay for the infrastructure that supports it, um, states go bankrupt. And bankrupt states and bankrupt cities hurt people. Um, so when you try to spend money that you don't have, when Republicans push back on it, that's not us being mean. That's us literally trying to save an entire generation of seniors from senior abuse, an entire generation of children from child abuse. And until we're able to confront that stark reality, and the fact remains we're going to end up on this road uh, to nowhere where all that's there is pain and suffering for the people to depend on government the most. I need somebody to merge this world for me. New York, it's, it's, I'm being told the movers in New York are flat out telling people no because they have too much work to do. So many people are moving out. So you have people who move out can afford to move out because moving is expensive. So you're losing your tax base. You're running out your tax base. And at the same time, New York is one of the most expensive places in America to live. How does this end in anything else but disaster if everyone who can afford to packs up and leaves? Well, look, I mean, here's the truth. I mean, people with means can always find ways to game the system. Um, I think that's something that most Republicans and Democrats can agree upon. And I think that the hard truth is that when you start talking about how does this end, um, you don't have to look any further than what happened already in New York in a place like Rochester, uh, in a place like uh, Buffalo. These were thriving communities. Um, that, again, through abject neglect, uh, became ghost towns. Uh, you're looking at places like Detroit, uh, places that, again, were thriving communities that through too much neglect, uh, through Democrats trying to be everything to everybody, end up becoming ghost towns, basically becoming repositories for pain and despair, uh, mansions uh, to oppression. Uh, this is what Democrats have built for us, from town to town, city to city. And now they flee places like New York City and they take their bad policies with them um, to low-tax places like Texas and, and Florida. And then we have to sit here fretting about the fact that those places might be going from red to purple to blue. So this is a recurring cycle that I think we'll never be able to truly root out um, until we as Republicans, I think, again, start providing solutions to the problems Democrats have tried to fix poorly. Um, that means dealing with the issue of poverty. We have to be out front with solutions for poverty because we know conservative solutions have always been the best way to combat poverty. We know that the solutions that Democrats put forth, like socialism, have always led to more pain, despair, despots, all the types of things that they claim that the Republicans are now the embodiment of, when in reality they are the ones that are attempting to usher it in. So, look, I don't have a simple answer for you, but I think the, the hard truth is that it is up to us to fix it. Um, that as much as we might not like it, Democrats are a part of America. And if we believe in conservatism being the vehicle for America, it is up to conservatives to wrestle control from those who do not understand what has always worked from the beginning of time. Joseph, what is our message 
to the poor. What is our message to poor people? Poor people vote Democrat. Overwhelmingly, they vote Democrat. What yep. should our message be? Because I'm not signing on for any handouts. I don't, I'm sure that's not what your message is. How do we package that and message that to somebody who's poor? I think we have to first get them to understand that Republicans, what Republicans are offering and what they are asking for is literally the same thing. We're just speaking about it differently. As I've said many times, we have a love language disconnect in our politics. Uh, Democrats or Democratic voters, they are the grand, they, they want grand gestures. They like gifts, right? And Republicans, we are the quality time people, right? And it's very difficult for somebody who values quality time to get somebody who understands and loves gifts to say that we are trying to display our love in a different but similar way. So when you have somebody who says we need free college, well, maybe we should be talking about it saying, what is the purpose, what is the virtue of sending all the children to college if they're not prepared to take college-level classes? Perhaps what we should be talking about is how do we make a public school education system work for everybody? And maybe understanding that public schools are not brick-and-mortar buildings, but public schools are wherever we can send our children to engage in best practices that achieve the outcomes that every child, regardless of their race, color, or creed, deserves. That means school choice. President Trump got up and started talking about school choice for every child in America. We need to connect the thread from what they're asking for to say that if you want everyone to be in college, perhaps we should first make sure that every child is prepared to go to college and in doing so also deal with the true pernicious thing, which is that college costs are going up which only takes children who are poor deeper into debt to take classes they were already supposed to have mastered for free. And I think if we can have that message succinctly put from one community to the next, from one urban center to the next, there are plenty of black people who are tired of the poor results that have been ushered in city to city to city by Democrats who are more concerned with staying in power than empowering people. Do we want people to go to college? I'll tell you, man, I see this lunacy on college campuses today. I'm already talking to my sons. They're, they're 11 and 10 years old. I'm already talking to them about trade schools, working with your hands, be an HVAC guy, be an electrician, be a politician, or not a politician, my goodness, be a plumber, <laughs> do something like that. Dude, I just, I'm done with these universities, man. I'm done with people sinking $100,000 into an education only to have their kid turn out to be an idiot when they're done. Well, look, I think that the part of that problem is the fact that what are they going to college to learn? And this goes back to the fact that we're not teaching them what they need to survive um, in high school. The whole purpose of what we had a high school system to do, a primary school education system in place to do, is to make sure that you could leave the building and function in the world. College was supposed to be an add-on, an additional skill set. Right? We need to start talking about what does a 21st century education look like from a primary education standpoint. That means that we should have things like coding embedded in the curriculum starting in elementary school. Right? There's no reason why we cannot have people leaving high school who can be full-stack developers. Mark Zuckerberg showed up on a Harvard University campus with the skill set required to develop a multi-billion dollar international conglomerate. 
because he came from a very nice place in Westchester, also a place where I call home. But also he had parents that had the means to provide him with the access to things of that nature. We know the average American family does not have the access that a young Mark Zuckerberg has, but we have the tools and the resources at our disposal to make sure that we start including some of those things that were previously perks into a mainstream economic or a mainstream educational plan understand part of mainstream American life. And that is what we start, start start pivoting towards. And I think if we make that pivot, if we start telling people that it's not about what you want, it's about getting what you need. And if you get more of what you need earlier in life, your outcomes are better. I think that is how we start to carry the day, how we start to fill the void that has been filled with pernicious ideas on the left with real solutions that have stood the test of time. Joseph Pinion III, thank you, my friend. God bless, man. <laughs> we'll be back. I appreciate somebody who knows how to properly interact with nature. And this, <laughs> this, guy, this guy's got it figured out. By the way, just a heads up, a PSA, because I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I know we have some viewers, maybe not the sharpest out there. Um, don't do that. It makes for a funny internet video, but those ostrich, they can actually kill you. Those legs they have are strong, but I want to thank that gentleman for doing it. I am curious what happened when the video was over. Hopefully he's doing okay. All right, we got a great special for you tomorrow. I'll see you then. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Ah, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.